Hey everybody, and welcome to Rabbit's Rumblings, Podcast 116. I decided to go ahead and get the monitor in preparation for the PlayStation 4. And as such, I can use it for playing a few games on my PlayStation 3 in the next few months before PlayStation 4 comes out. As such, the first thing I picked up was The Last of Us, and I'll probably rent some stuff in the future. There is a five-year anniversary app sale going on on the App Store right now, so I grabbed Badland for free. So I talk about that a little bit, and that's all I have for this time. Enjoy the show! So in preparation for getting the PlayStation 4, I got a monitor. And with that, I was able to dig my old PlayStation 3 out of storage. I got the monitor quite a bit ahead of the PlayStation 4 because there are some PlayStation 3 games I would like to play. I don't plan on buying any more, just this one. But I thought, well, I'll get the monitor now, get the game now while it's still newly launched and people might be curious about it. So I have picked up The Last of Us, which is a PlayStation 3 exclusive by Naughty Dog. It came out just about a month ago in mid-June. This is kind of an early glimpse, not really a full review, because I'm only three hours in of a reported 15-hour playtime. Usually reviewers are pretty close to right on, so I'm maybe, was that like 20% in? Not even that far. The story starts out kind of right at the beginning of what is a zombie apocalypse. We are introduced to the main male character, and some very bad and very sad stuff happens. It's sort of a tutorial area, gets you used to moving around and interacting with a few things, and gives us a little bit of a backstory about him, and I actually liked him quite a bit at this point. We then sort of fast forward 20 years, And he's, you know, much older. He's an older guy. He has a lot of gray in his beard and his hair. And it's pretty obvious that not only the world has changed quite a bit, but also he has changed quite a bit. They don't explain exactly what's going on, but we very quickly meet sort of a a female partner. It's never clear in the three hours I played if this was just a partner, as in, you know, they do stuff together. Or if this is somebody who he's dating or somebody who's like a lover. It's not really clear. There's sort of a a connection between them that seems more than just partners or friends. But like I said, it's never, you know, entirely made clear that they are or are not lovers or living together. We're not given any details on their relationship, really. But they're apparently going out to basically collect some guns that somebody stole. And in the process, they kill a bunch of people. And this character who I liked quite a bit at the start of the game has obviously turned into this sort of bad guy that I really don't agree with very much. Unfortunately, the game kind of pushes you in one direction and this is your guy whether you like it or not. So you just kind of have to accept that fact. Not too long after that, we are introduced to a few other characters. 
one of which becomes the third companion in the, the main story. She is a young girl named Ellie, and she's only 14, so her whole life the world has basically been in this zombie apocalypse state. She's never seen the world that was, and a lot of the world has sort of changed in that, you know, it's become abandoned, people left it because, you know, the zombie creatures were there, and it's sort of being reclaimed by nature. There's a lot of overgrowth everywhere, everywhere is very green. Some of the areas that have been flooded look kind of like small lakes. So a lot of it is very different looking than, you know, the current world we see. But, you know, not completely alien or anything. The stories they talk about and the sites you see really paint a very clear definition of this new world that you are in. The landscape never really stops and it never really ceases to impress me. It's always kind of this ongoing landscape. There are a few points where you're kind of looking down and it's a little bit more tied in. But for the most part, you're always looking out over this overgrown city and you're constantly moving. So the city is always kind of changing. There are a few points where you're inside buildings, but those are pretty brief. There are loading screens, but they don't seem to really disrupt the action or the sort of storytelling that's going on. They kind of happen when you get to a door, so it's sort of more like a dramatic pause than an actual loading point. It's only about maybe five seconds long. So overall, you get this sort of feeling that you're on a journey. The characters are kind of always moving somewhere. The scenery is always changing. So there's this sort of constant flow, and the journey is never really interrupted. There is some music but it's more mood-setting and sparse than it is just to have music in the background all the time. Overall, the pacing seems pretty slow, more like an interactive movie or a story that you're watching unfold, and sort of less like an, a pure action-based game. It is not a pure action-based game, so this makes a lot of sense. There is action, but it mostly focuses on stealth and sort of careful exploration of your area, and you really want to kind of be careful when you enter combat because you can die very easily. Fights do seem more intense due to this sort of constant journey and rare action breakup. And, you know, because you can die very easily, it, it does also help feel, you know, more intense when you do get into combat. The main character has this focus ability, which he focuses on sound. And you can use this ability as much as you want. You can even hold it down and keep walking around and, you know, use it constantly if you like. You do move really slow when you're using it, so that's kind of a disadvantage. And you can't have any weapons out or anything when you're using it. But while he's using it, he can sort of see through walls and get sort of an outline of what the bad guys are and where they are and, you know, what they're doing, you know, if they're standing still or if they're moving. So it is pretty helpful in some situations. But even with this ability slash power, you will die and you will die a lot. I must have died easily half a dozen times in the three hours I played so far. And it can be really frustrating because sometimes guys will come, you know, from a side where you're not looking and it's like all of a sudden they grab you and you're dead. Or you'll be in a shootout and some guys will come out from seemingly nowhere. So it can be pretty frustrating, but it's never really overly so. Usually you'll die once or twice in an area and then you get, you know, sort of a really good feel for how the bad guys are set up. And then you know, you restart pretty much right at the start of that combat. So it's never really a big deal because you'll know what to expect 
you know, after, oh, this guy killed me. So next time, you know, I'll expect him to be there. So it's never overly frustrating, I would say. Like I said, I've only played about three hours so far. Probably by next podcast, I will have finished and we'll have some sort of final thoughts and final review of it. But so far, it seems like a really great interactive story. I like the world they are introducing me to. It's very fun and interesting. And I look forward to more playtime with it. Badland is for iOS devices. It is by Frogmind, who I'd never heard of before. I grabbed it free during the 5th anniversary App Store thingy. I don't know if that will still be going on at the time you get this podcast and listen, but you might want to look around. I'll have a link or two at my site for you know various games that are on sale or free. So you might want to take a look at the show notes page. The best way to describe it would be a side-scrolling adventure, which is primarily black and white. The background is the only thing that has color. The foreground that moves and has your character is all just black. So it's kind of like these shadows over, you know, a colored background. You are guiding some kind of critter through an alien landscape. There's no story or explanation given to you. You just start the game. There's not even any directions. You just kind of push to flap or hold down, you know, anywhere on the screen and he will keep flapping. Kind of looks like a fat bird because he's like a round critter and he has sort of a a beak-like face and then he he flaps. You know, he has like arms that look kind of like wings. He's alien, so don't really know what he is. suppose he's just an alien bird, not necessarily fat, but he's round, so... He moves in kind of a a fixed speed depending on how much stuff has blocked your acceleration. But overall, the critter's size, you know, in terms of whether it gets bigger or smaller, will be determined by different power-up things you run into. There's also things that will multiply him. So it's like if you pick up this thing, there will be two of you, and then you pick up another one, there will be three of you, etc., etc. The sound is pretty good, but it seems very minimal, you know, just what needs to be there. That is, I suppose, more of a good thing than a bad, so you know what's, you know, coming up in the play field. There is no music at all from what I've heard, but if you have something like a music app playing music, you know, that will play through to the game. I haven't played very long, but I did get to level 11 in like 30 minutes. I would say you should probably expect to die a lot. You restart right after you die, so it's not a huge deal. And it seems like dying is part of what they expect you to do in terms of getting through the levels. Because there will be traps, you know, where it kind of splits off and branches and it's like, oops, I guess I went down the wrong branch. Or, you know, it's like, oops, I guess I had to have critters on both sides of the branch. Or, you know, maybe I was supposed to flip up this lever. Or, you know, this rock fell down. Maybe I was supposed to go faster to avoid it. Things like that. So it's kind of like you have to memorize the level if you die. And just, you know, avoid whatever it was that killed you the next time around. I'm pretty sure you have infinite lives, so I don't think it's a big deal. But it can get, 
you know, a little bit frustrating to repeatedly die at the same place. Seems pretty fun, but it also feels kind of frustrating in that you have so little control over the critter. And it seems like each level is designed to be played through in one specific way. So like I said before, you know, you go down the wrong path, you might die. You don't do this, you might die. Seems like either you go through this one fixed path and live, or, you know, you just die and you can't get past it. I suppose it is sort of a side-scrolling puzzle game, so I guess that does make sense. But having only gotten to level 11 of, I think there's like 30 or more levels, and I've only played half an hour, I already kind of don't feel like playing a whole lot more. It's like, you know, I could play more or I could never play again. You know, I feel neutral either way. But it is very cool and different and interesting in terms of, you know, how things look and the landscape and the different backgrounds and such. So it is a very cool world to explore. In gameplay, it is, you know, very simplistic. You just kind of flap. So that's, you know, a good thing. But like I said, the puzzles do seem kind of fixed in how they expect you to beat them. So that does seem kind of limiting and and frustrating if you can't get past a certain area. During the celebration, it was totally free. So I don't know if you can still get it free, but I would say it's probably worth a few bucks if you are into that kind of thing. So I guess I maybe have some pre-closing thoughts on my new monitor that I got and my PlayStation 3. The new monitor is very cool. It was bigger than I wanted to get. It's like 19 inches, I think. And it's got several different kinds of inputs. So I could use it as a TV and, you know, have that be my main TV when I move somewhere. If it's, you know, a small room or, you know, certainly use it as a main TV until, you know, I get a bigger one. Seems like it's got a very good color range. I mean, it's an LED, so it's pretty much the same thing as, you know, any laptop screen. It does have built-in speakers, which seem okay. I certainly wouldn't want to use them, you know, as my main speaker set if I was in a home. Might be okay, as many of the comments say, for, you know, a small additional thing. You know, it's a side TV for, you know, a hobby area or a kitchen or, you know, maybe even a bathroom or something if you're taking a bath. Don't put it too close to the bath or sink or toilet, obviously. But no, it seems like a pretty good deal. And, you know, it lets me play my PlayStation 3 and eventually PlayStation 4 games. Oh, I was saying that it was bigger than I was expecting to get. I was trying to get a 15 to 16 inch one because I figured that would be, you know, really easy to carry around in and out of work. Or, you know, if I go to the coffee shop, in and out of the coffee shop. So ideally... I think I would have preferred something a little bit smaller. But it seems like all of the smaller things were USB-driven. And I absolutely wanted to be sure it had an HDMI port. And it seems like all of the ones that were like 16-inch that had HDMI ports aren't made anymore. So didn't really have much choice there. So I might not carry it to the coffee shop or other non-work places as much as I expected. But I suppose, you know, that will depend, you know, on how many PlayStation 4 games I get that require online connections. 
of my, you know, potential list of everything I want to get or, you know, might look for on sale or might wish for as a gift, only one of them requires online play. So right now it's not critical. PlayStation 3. It's actually been in storage so long, I had actually forgotten the limitations it has, you know, in terms of graphical power compared to, you know, what PCs can do these days. Like it is, you know, aging in terms of rendering power, so things can look really good, but not, you know, as amazing as they would be on a PC, you know, with higher specs. And things like, you know, it doesn't have anti-aliasing, so the edges are kind of jagged. And, you know, since it is a little bit less powerful, you know, things look more jagged at times than not because, you know, it doesn't have the computational power to compensate with, you know, nicer looking textures or whatever to sort of mask that over or to simulate it with some kind of, you know, special software that would do it. But I mean, it still looks, you know, really good. It makes me wonder, though, at the choice of graphics in the PlayStation 4, because at the time the PlayStation 3 came out, they had researched this brand new cell CPU architecture, which actually got used in a lot of military and healthcare computers and applications, and so, you know, they sold it to them as well. You know, they sunk a lot of research money into making the CPU really powerful and really special, and similarly, they got NVIDIA to make, you know, a special really powerful graphics card. That graphics card basically became the flagship card for a new generation of desktop graphic cards. You know, right around the time of the launch of the PlayStation 3, for about a year or so, year and a half, it was pretty much on par with high-end desktops. With the PlayStation 4, they're launching a pretty good CPU, but I mean, it's not anything amazing in comparison to laptops. And the graphics chip they have is basically going to be sort of the lower mid-range of mainstream desktop chips, or maybe... I don't know, say slightly over mainstream or slightly below high-end for laptops. So in terms of, you know, comparison to a, you know, a PC, it's quite a bit below, you know, as it's sort of mainstream or lower mainstream today compared to the PlayStation 3 launch when it was comparable to something like really high-end. Is that going to make a difference? I don't know. Since TVs are basically still, you know, 1920 by 1080 in terms of mainstream, I mean, there's 4K starting to come out now, but I'm guessing it's going to be at least five years before that gets into mainstream. But, you know, since most people are still running 1920 by 1080, I don't think they actually need all that much power. I mean, you know, the specs for the PlayStation 4 and, you know, Xbox One as well are, you know, plenty of power to run, you know, graphics at... 60 frames a second, you know, looking nice with some really good effects on them. So do they need more than that, you know, five plus years down the road when the console is starting to age? I don't know. I don't know that we'll see quite as much of a difference between something that, you know, launched, you know, when the PlayStation 3 launched compared to now as, you know, whatever space that is in the future compared to PlayStation 4. I think there will be a, a smaller gap in in that comparison. So I don't know, it should be fine, but it does seem like an odd choice that something, you know, mainstream is what they chose instead of something, you know, a little bit higher end. And it certainly makes sense monetarily. They can go with something cheaper and they get, you know, a really good amount of power for, you know, what they're paying. And it should be, you know, just fine. But in terms of, you know, room for growth and wiggle room, they have, you know, a decent amount. 
but it's not as much as, you know, if they went with a more powerful graphics chip. And, you know, they can't change, you know, halfway down the life cycle because then you have people with, you know, early PlayStation 4s, which would be less powerful. And then, you know, that's not fair. So they certainly couldn't change it long term. But it should be enough. And I'm probably just rambling at this point. But I am looking forward to it. And so far, you know, my life is still sad and terrible. But, you know, there's enough wiggle room, I think, for me to get it. And like I said before, you know, of all the games coming, you know, everywhere that I am looking at, you know, the vast majority of them are on console. There's only like a couple, I think, for PC that I'm looking forward to in the, the next coming, um, I don't know, year, year and a half. So who's to say, you know, what happens further in 2014 or whatnot. But so far, you know, if I invest in a PlayStation 4, it would look like a good investment and probably where I will spend you know, most of my gaming dollars. And I guess that is it for my pre-close rambling. News for this time is mostly the same as before. There is one big addition in that the Steam Summer Sale has now started. It is going on until the 22nd, and supposedly there will be new stuff every day. If you have something you've been waiting for on Steam, you might want to keep your eyes out. If it's on your wish list, though, I think it should automatically alert you as to you know it being on a Steam sale. So you shouldn't have to worry too much if it's on your wish list. But you might want to give it a peek and see what's on sale, you know, when you log in. Pacific Rim is now out. I checked the Rotten Tomato site and it got, like, a really amazing rating. So you might want to go check that out. I will probably check it out and maybe talk about it next podcast, depending on when I go see it. I did decide to pass on seeing The Lone Ranger. Because, while I don't always agree with the Rotten Tomatoes site, it got a really, really low score. And again, there are times where movies I've seen have gotten low scores, like, you know, 30 or 40%. And they happen to be, you know, movies I really love or even movies I like so much that I collected. So there is the occasional movie that, you know, I really do enjoy that got a low score. I may change my mind about it when, you know, it comes out on rental. But so far, I don't think I'll I'll watch it in theaters. I will go see other movies, though. There are plenty other coming out. Dose X, The Fall is out for iOS. I can't play it because it requires, you know, specs that are higher than my phone, so I won't be able to give you guys a review of it. As far as I know, it is in the same universe as the Dose X game, but it is, you know, its own separate thing. It's totally different and, you know, separate from the main adventure, you know, on the console slash PC. Haven't looked into it too much, and when I saw I couldn't run it, you know, I decided to leave it be there. Infinity Blade 2 and many other games have been on sale during the 5th anniversary of the App Store. I don't know if that will still be going on at the time you hear this, but you might want to look around some of the games you've been thinking about getting, seeing if they're, you know, free or on sale. And I will probably link an article or two that I may have found that show, you know, these games are on sale during the anniversary. 
just in case it still happens to be happening. RAPD is due out on July 19th, and the Wolverine is due out on July 26th. And that's all I got for the news this time. In the tiki 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 room, in the tiki 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 room, all the birds sing words and the flowers croon. In the tiki 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 room, our show is delightful. We hope you'll agree. We hope that it fills you with pleasure and glee. Because if we don't make you feel like that, we're gonna wind up on the lady's hat. In the tiki 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 room, in the tiki 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 room, all the birds sing words and the flowers croon. So I guess that's it for this week's Rabbit's Rumblings. Like I said in previous sections of the podcast, not a whole lot going on for me right now. Pretty much just grabbing the monitor and doing The Last of Us on PlayStation 3 is about it. I'll probably have more to talk about that um, next time, probably. Got a lot of time at work I can play between now and then, so probably have some closing thoughts for that. I might also rent a something or two, um, you know, and, and talk about them as well. Certainly something new, probably for the next few weeks, I think, on, um, you know, PlayStation 3. So hopefully people will find that interesting, because there's really not much going on for me with PC anymore. It's kind of in a empty spot, you know, waiting for stuff to come out again. I will probably also go see a movie, maybe two movies, um, depending on what's out. So I might talk about some movie stuff next time. But I guess that is it for this time. And hopefully I will see everybody next time. Okay, thanks, bye. Well, I was 21. It was a very good year. It was a very good year for city girls. Who lived up the stair with perfumed hair that came undone when I was 21. Or, you know, to similar. Um, I don't know, year, year and a half. So who's who? Ship who? So who's to say? You know what happens? I will destroy it. You have been listening to Rabbit's Ramblings. If you would like to see the show notes or feed the bunny by sending a donation, you can find the show website at www dot rabbit dot com slash podcast slash rabbits ramblings dot html if you would like to send me an email you can do so at rabbit at rabbit dot com if you friend me you can also post on facebook at rabbit dot com you can follow me on twitter and youtube at rabbit dot com it's rabbit dot com but with not a period when you type rabbit's ramblings, don't use the space, and be sure to put the number 1 in place of I whenever you type rabbit. Rabbit's Ramblings is copyright 2013 and is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike license.